Before we get into the episode today, I just have to say a huge thank you. I would be remiss if I didn't take a chance to say that PLS, the Practice Leader Summit, is happening in just a few short days when you're listening to this podcast episode. And that means we are all getting together in Greenville, South Carolina to celebrate the unique and wonderful position that is being a leader in veterinary medicine. We're getting together with some of the best and brightest practice owners, practice managers, and we are talking about the real challenges that face us when we run our practices day to day. And I am super, super excited. And this is a very different event. It is small, it is boutique, it is designed so that everybody who comes gets to meet every single other attendee that is there. We get to talk about the nitty gritty in real time about our the challenges that we're facing as, as practices, the wins that we have with our teams and really set a plan for the new year so that we can walk into 2024 set up for success. And we couldn't do it without our industry partners. And we have some amazing ones this year. And I just want to take a second to say thank you from the bottom of our uncharted hearts to our Anchor Club sponsors. We have different level partners and we've got a lot of amazing ones, but these, this group, these guys are fantastic. They stepped up in a big way and helped make us successful in terms of throwing the Uncharted events for you and your team. And I just want to say thanks. So to Nationwide Pet Insurance, Hills Pet Nutrition, and Total Practice Solutions Group, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being Anchor Club sponsors. Thank you for letting us go out on a limb, try some new and crazy things like our Practice Leader Summit, and for coming to Greenville and having a good time with us. Okay, now we can start the podcast. Hey, everybody, I am Stephanie Goss, and this is another episode of the Uncharted Podcast. And this week on the podcast, Andy and I are in the mailbag because there is something in the water. That's right. We've got an email from a practice owner who is swimming in babies at their practice, and they have a handful of questions about what to do when it seems like everyone is pregnant at the same time. Let's get into this. And now, the Uncharted Podcast. And we are back. It's me, Dr. Andy Rourke, and the one and only Stephanie. There's something in the water, God. <laughs> something in the water. Please sing for us today. <laughs> I don't like the flavor. I don't like the taste. I am... I am, I'm a man of two worlds, Stephanie Goss. Like, I walk in two worlds. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because I walk in the world of teenage girls. Uh Uh, I am up on teenage girls and what teenage girls are doing it, are doing because my, uh, my youngest, my youngest is about to turn 13. I, I, I picked her friend up to take them both to dance class. And it was the friend's birthday and she was turning 13 and they've been friends forever. And I was just driving and I was like, my youngest daughter's best friend is 13 and she's going to be 13 in the blink of an eye. Meanwhile, my older daughter is almost 16 and she is talking about uh, about getting a car. And um, I am I am blown away. And that's that's the two worlds. The first world is I I know about the music that teenage girls listen to okay. and what they watch and what they're into and very up. I've, I have purchased tickets to the Taylor Swift <laughs> movie. Uh, I have done, I've done these things. I'm aware. 
And at the same time, I'm also old. I yes. am. I am walking. <laughs> I am walking in the world of an old man. I was recently caught not paying attention on a Zoom meeting because I was watching my bird feeder. Um, <laughs> and so I'm watching birds and listening to Rod Stewart. And I uh-huh. am one phone call away from taking up pickleball. That's where I am. Stop it. If you take up pickleball, you can move here. Uh, <laughs> this is um, where this is where it was invented. You know I that, right? Where I, where I live is where pickleball was created, invented, whatever, made uh, up as a sport. Uh, it's, it's real big here. Like I, all yeah. the old people. My, every night, like dad, rain or shine. Yeah. My dad plays it. <laughs> I can play with him. I can play with him. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, um, it would be, he would he would trash talk me and without wearing his hearing aids, so I couldn't trash talk back. Like, I I don't think I want any part of that. But yeah, I am. <laughs> I am a man of two worlds, Goss. That's that's where I am. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I feel that. I feel that. Uh, it it goes it goes by really fast. Like while you go from kids' toys to like teenage crap in the blink of an eye <laughs> oh man well it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't because i had this thought too i was like man it's been a blink of an eye and now my kids are teenagers and someone said to me would you ever consider having another child and i'm like oh hell no <laughs> absolutely not no what like i am so past that part of my life you know and again no shade but i'm like i have a friend He's in his 50s and he is in a second marriage and they decided to have a baby. Mm-hmm, and so he's like mm-hmm. 53 and he's got a yeah. baby. And I'm like, yeah. I I would not wish that on an enemy. Yes. I, no, I, I said I walk that back. You know, obviously people who are excited about having kids, it, it is a wonderful joy and is important to them. But I just I oh boy, the idea of starting over. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, oh, man, that's it's a yeah. lot of work. It's a lot of work. <laughs> I, it makes me tired just thinking about it. Yes, I I feel that, and I I agree. Like I I think it's I think it's I think it's wonderful uh, if that's something that you are you know want. And at the sure. same time, I think uh, when you have gone through the infancies and the toddlers, and you get away from that, and you get to the stage where we are now, where they're like going out with their friends, and they can do things, they can let themselves into the house, and they can cook themselves dinner. And like, you know, they have all of this uh, autonomy, and your life changes uh, in a big way again. And you start to have more, like I've started reading again, because I actually have free time. There's not someone climbing on me and asking me to do things, you know, 24 seven. And um, just just me. Just, just you. <laughs> the asking me to do things, not yeah, exactly climbing right. on no, me. Yeah. yeah, you're far too far away for me to climb on you. Uh, I would, I would demand piggybacks if you were, if you were local. I would, Goss, come and pick me up. I'm tired of uh-huh. walking. Uh huh. No, I did. My kids. It's so funny because we've been, uh, we have been working on kitten proofing the house because we got a new kitten. Um, it was time for Pepper Potts to have a sibling. Uh, and that's how I am satisfying my desire to have another baby is let's get a kitten. I think that's great. I think that's a great way to satisfy that itch. Like just scratch that itch with kitten claws. Let's not have a human. Let's scratch it with kitten claws. So uh, we've been kitten proofing the house and, um, 
going through a bunch of stuff and purging and uh the kids discovered the baby carriers that i had from when they were little and uh my daughter my is my oldest and uh she's 14 but she is very small uh and she still fits in the damn thing <laughs> oh yeah you put her in your baby <laughs> bjorn you stab her to your, no. your chest and walk around with her <laughs> No, That's hilarious. But I, she got it. She got in on my back and I could walk. I could still walk around the house with her on my back. And it was just it was like, oh, yeah, I don't want to go back to this, though. <laughs> it was that moment of yeah. I if remember Tyler, if Tyler Grogan wasn't so tall, I think she could. I think I think I think she could ride around. And I think I could yes. I could just transport Tyler and baby Bjorn and then I would have marketing support whenever I needed it. Oh, because, my God. But she's, tall. she's, she's long legs. I think I don't think it would work, but. I so think close. she might even be taller than you. I think so too. Yeah, I, think, I think so too. I think I think I should wear baby Bjorn yeah. and let Tyler carry me around. Okay, this this um, is off the rails. This, yeah, I feel like but, but, uh, I took a long way from of, management advice at this point. Speaking of baby carriers, yes. um, we we got a great uh, we got a great email in the mailbag um, from a practice owner who is uh, there's babies everywhere at. Their hospital. Just, um, just all over the place. It's contagious. <laughs> There's something in the water uh, because water. it feels like they are going through a, a season at their hospital and they have people on maternity leave. They've got some people on the team right now who are pregnant and they've got some team members who are actively trying to um, have kids. And yeah. so they are like, Okay, this is a thing I can't, you know, it is it has happened. And now it's happening. Uh, you know, when you have one, one person on the team, you just kind of figure it out. And this yeah. is, uh, this is the season where they're just like, eh, it's happening with everybody. And so yeah. I have some questions about how to plan for this. Um, and there's some there's some really great questions having sure. to do with like, how do I how do I staff for this? How do I plan for it? How do I support them uh, and things like that? And I just thought that this was so great. It's something that is uh, so, so common in a female, you know, dominated field. And so I thought this would be a fun one to kind of go through and uh, answer some of the questions that they were asking, because this is a, a <laughs> they signed it, an almost empty nester that is surrounded by young mamas. Yes. <laughs> just oh, loved I feel, it. <laughs> I feel you. Yeah, I feel this so much. I love it. It just, so first of all, I just want to start by validating the scenery. Like it does feel like often that pregnancies come in in waves. ways. I hope it's not offensive to say. I don't, I don't mean it to be. I, I don't know why no. it would be. But like just in in my experience, not always, but uh, we have all if you've been around vet medicine for very long, you have been around a hospital, at least where a lot of people are pregnant together in a short period of time. And it's just yes. kind of a joke. I don't mean anything by other than say but it, it the idea that people would not reproduce on a convenient schedule for the business. <laughs> it should not be, that should be a, not be a novel thought to you. That should not be shocking. If yes. and when it happens, um, it's going to blow some people's minds. Uh, ma owners and managers, like, you you would think that you could ask them to space these things out. You can't. Uh, they, they do not, people do not move these things around the calendar for, for work. Um, they don't. So, anyway, that's it. I, you you gotta have you anyway. You gotta have good perspective. Let's let's start with headspace on this, yes. right? Yeah. Because I I do think when we're sort of laughing about it. And again, um, let me let me just say, um, starting off, 
I, I, I love when people who want to have children have children. I think that that's wonderful for them. I remember being a, a, a young person and wanting so desperately to have, uh, to have kids and, and, then, and then having that in my life. And it was just this wonderful time. I also remember I was in vet school and I was in my fourth year of vet school when my adult oldest daughter was born, Jacqueline. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I was doing rotations and, you know, it was kind of this crapshoot because, you know, we, we knew what due date was, but that doesn't really mean anything. And we were, we were, I think, about 10 days late uh, from the due date, which was good because I think I was in equine internal medicine or large animal internal medicine. And sort of the reputation was that if you had some life thing that happened when you were on that rotation, nobody cared. Right. Like they did not care. Right. They were not going to help you out. And so I, you know, I, I had a limited amount of control over my schedule, but that's kind of where I was. And I was like, oh, man, this is a big deal. And I, I don't. What, what is this going to be like? Am I going to am I going to miss this? What am I going to do if this becomes an issue? Like, I imagine me like, you know, getting the call from my wife and the, and the professor being like, no, oh, you're here. And I'm like, no, nah, this could be bad. Um, Take a bathroom but, break and just not come back. Yeah, but, but that didn't happen. And I ended up in small animal dermatology with five young female clinicians. And they were like, get the hell out of here. Don't come back. You get a... You, you get a B plus, just go. And I'm like, oh, oh no. And that's it was like, so great. I, 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 I wrote notes to the clinicians just being like, hey, it was like, it was like two years later, I wrote to them. I was like, hey, I just want you guys to know. I still remember this. It was, it was really, it was important to me. Yeah. And so it was wonderful. So anyway, that, that, I, I remember that experience around that time. And, you know, you want everything to go right and it's stressful, but um, it's go- People are going to have babies and yeah. you can be happy about it and supportive of it and uh deal with it or you can be a villain about it and and not and not supportive of it and um they will remember you being a jerk for the rest of their lives and they will tell people about it and it will be what they think of when they think of you and you're still gonna have to deal with it and so those are your two options um (laughs) and so the first part of headspace is um you 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 should get into a good headspace because you have no power here you have no power. You have no control. You might as well be kind and supportive and excited for people because you're going to deal with it no matter what. And so just be just be a good person about it. Well, and I think if we roll that back even further, the reality is we don't have any control over life. And I think it's a lot easier uh in kind of an ironic way to feel frustrated or irritated uh, because you, you you think about like the pregnancy thing and uh, and you it's really easy to think, <laughs> even though you were joking, the thoughts of like, couldn't we have scheduled this better? Like, did this really have to did this really have to happen during summer? Like, you know how busy summer in the vet hospital is. The reality is, how is this any different than someone having a death in their family or getting ill or, you know, some other life thing. The reality is none of us can control life. Right. And um, it is if we do work in a female dominated field at this point. And so um, I think your point is the healthiest headspace that we can get into is to shift the mindset to acceptance that we are in a female dominated fields. And that means there's going to be relationships and there, whether it's female or male, it doesn't, uh, um, you know, it doesn't, the 
someone's gender doesn't really matter. The reality is we employ a lot of younger people as well. Sure. And so that means life events. It means, uh, you know, it means weddings. It means babies. It means dating. It means all of these things that are things that people cannot control the t- the timing over as much as we yeah. might want them to. And so I think you're you're spot on. Um, and I love that idea of like, let's just get into a, a Zen headspace of there are going to be things that you cannot control as an owner of a practice or as a manager uh, and a leader. And this is one of them. Sure. Well, <laughs> and your I, life will be better if you can just wrap your brain around that right. and accept it. <laughs> well, and again, I, I think then this is this is this now we're going to start to get into some real talk and, and things here might get a little bit dicey and I, I'm going to try not to blow, <laughs> blow my face off uh, with this. But we do need, so I, whenever I hear people talk about from maternity leave and paternity leave and stuff like that, uh, there's a tendency to just kind of put this rosy face on it and just say, oh my gosh, this is great. This is all great. And I, I want to inject some nuance here. And so I just said, you should you should be be kind about it. You should be happy about it. At the same time, you know, you and I deal in reality here. And sure. I do want to give some validation to, I, first of all, I think these are great questions. I love the fact that we've got somebody who's looking ahead and going, okay, I want to be supportive of this. I want to be a good employer. How do I get this stuff done? Because right. that is the thing. I saw a story one time where this company, and I can't remember what company it was, was just getting dragged through the coals because their CEO had said that maternity leave was inconvenient. Like he'd use the word inconvenient in talking about maternity leave. And people got really upset. And sure. I just, I... I don't buy, I think that that, that is a, a picture of our society not being able to handle nuance, you know, right. like at all. If things fall into the category of being either convenient or inconvenient, and we're talking about for the business, then sure. yes, maternity leave is inconvenient. <laughs> maternity leave yes. is not convenient. I mean, yes. it, it is inconvenient. But but so is people getting sick. And so right. is people finding other jobs. And so is people, you know, getting married and moving away and all sorts right. of wonder, like th- things that could be, that are bigger and have life implications that that could theoretically possibly be much better for that individual. It's still inconvenient for the job, you know, yep. or, or for the business. But that sure. doesn't mean that doesn't mean people should be mean about it or that they should not be happy that it's happening. You can be inconvenienced by something and still be happy to deal with it. Right. And I think that yes. that is I still think that that is true. And I think that for everybody to kind of come together and look at this eyes wide open in a productive way. We have to be able to hold this idea in our head that something can be inconvenient or challenging for the business and also something that what people should not feel bad about and that we should actually celebrate. Yes. And yes. so anyway, you have to be able to hold that nuance in your head. And I think I think if you can't, if you're losing your mind, this is going to be a hard episode. For, yeah. For, well, for you. I mean, I think that that as a as a society, we struggle with the idea that two things can be true at the same time right. that are that are opposite of each other, you know, and this is one of them. And mm-hmm. I think I think it, it the truth presents itself in almost every single time I have had a team member come to me. And thinking about myself, come to coming to your employer and letting them know that you're pregnant, it has almost always started with, I know this is not great timing, but (laughs) dot, 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 (laughs) I'm pregnant. As soon as somebody says, I know this is not great timing, I'm like, oh, are you pregnant? uh, (laughs) Is that where this is going? Like, I just... Uh, and it, yeah. and it as as a as a as a boss as a manager i remember how like you remember how your clinicians made you feel and Absolutely. i remember how previous employers made me feel even the ones who were excited 
uh, for me, I I remember that feeling of um, feeling like it was my fault. And when you're happy, especially if you are, I I went through um, significant challenges with infertility, and when you're struggling. Mm-hmm to get pregnant, like feeling like you're someone's inconvenience. The first thing when you're so excited and Mm -hmm. like, this is the happiest thing that has, that you have experienced that, that sticks with you. And that feels like crap. And so for for me, from a headspace perspective, I think it's something that I'm super passionate about because when I became a leader, one of the things that I really was intentional about was trying to create a safe space space that was happy. And it wasn't just babies. It needed to be all the life events. So whether someone was getting married or they got into grad school and they were telling me that they were leaving or whatever it was, I think that we, it is within our control to choose to look at it from a positive space because yes, it is inconvenient. And yes, there's always challenge associated with it. And the results that come from choosing to be positive and put on a put on a positive face for your team are mm. just so so incredible and yeah. i i can't tell you how many times i would like the first words out of my mouth i would congratulations yeah. I'm super happy for you yes and don't worry about it that's yeah. my job like don't you know because i want them to know i don't want you to apologize like this is not something to apologize for you're living your best life and i want that for you right like that's from a headspace perspective part of it is recognizing that we employ humans and humans are going to have life events and so we should want them to live their best life i mean yeah. really if we're about culture and that's what you and i are about like that is an intentional choice that you can make as an employer is to those two things can be true at the exact same time you can inwardly inwardly is the key be thinking oh my god i have no idea how i'm going to deal with this and yep. outwardly <laughs> you you need to choose the choose the the person choose yeah. the human uh because it makes all the difference in the world well this is why i said you know nuance is so important because let's just pause for a second here i, I love the way you set this up but it's like um everything you said i completely agree with and also i just want to like try to step away unemotionally for a second and honor the difficulty of what we just said which is to have someone deliver you news that they're yes. super excited about and you yes. say to them I am happy for you and I and congratulations to you. And at the same time, you are going to have these these fears yes. of yes. how are we going to do this? And what am I <laughs> going to do with all the support staff who now don't yes. have a doctor? You know, like and like I can just tell you, it it is naive to say that, oh, good people don't have those thoughts. Yes, they do. Yes. Yes, they do. Yes. Yeah, um, absolutely. And the fortitude, the emotional fortitude is, is, is required. It really is. My mm-hmm. wife, when we had our second child, her employer was not good. They mm-hmm. were like, her direct boss was a jerk, an absolute mm-hmm. jerk. And if I ever just want to make my wife angry, I'll be like, hey, remember, remember, <laughs> Where are that remember guy? what your boss said when, <laughs> when we had our second kid and she'd get mad real fast because yeah. she remembers it. And it was like, and they were a jerk. Um, and so you 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 do not want to have that impression on people, and you yeah. ultimately the the like the boss being a jerk. It made no difference in what we ended up doing because we're going to take care of our family, we're going to do our thing. And mm-hmm. so 
that person did not gain anything, but boy, they lost a lot of trust. And I, that was, and I think, I think my wife would say that was probably the, the driving reason when she was like, I'm, I'm ready to be somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, mm-hmm. and, and it was. And so anyway, but I just, as a podcast for people in leadership and management who are often the ones receiving the information, yeah. I just want you to know, yes, this is hard. And the cha- and I've, I've said this many times, I, I think that running a practice is simple. That does not mean it's easy. It is right. simple to say when someone tells you that they're, that they're going to go out on maternity leave or they're excited about their pregnancy, it is simple to say you should celebrate with them. Right. It is difficult to, in that moment, take that information, not think about yourself, not think about your practice, just think about them and be there for them emotionally while putting your sudden, you know, oh, my God, mm-hmm. my yes. world just shifted under my feet, uh, yes. putting that on the back burner until you can process it. But that's what separates strong leaders from from weak leaders. That's what separates people who have great emotional intelligence and emotional control from people who don't. And like, what's yeah. funny is nobody's going to pat you on the back and say, hey, I suspect the moment that you got that news, it was probably scary for a second, but you didn't show it. Congratulations. But right. <laughs> but but I, I mean, I if you've done it for long, you know, I have left encounters and said, you know what? I'm really proud of myself. I really sat with that person in the moment and and genuinely was happy for them and I'm still happy for them. And now I'm going to start to think about the logistics and, and how this affects what I'm doing. <laughs> but I did not show that to them. I was there for them. And I'm just going to pat myself on the back. But like, I don't know. I, I don't, tell, tell, you, me, tell me that you I'm wrong. Sh- like, you're not. Maybe, you're not. maybe you I should... am the jerk and everyone else is like, you know, sitting in the lotus position like, oh, no. like uh, well, silly so, Andy struggling. So not- I will. No, so I will that I will a thousand percent validate you uh, and and um, say so poor Andy, uh, (laughs) we had not been working together very long um, and it was probably like five months before uh, our big conference. It was back when we were only doing one conference a year and we had our April conference coming up. um, And I very unexpectedly found out that I was pregnant and I remember calling you. And I remember as soon as I found out, like the first, when you find out your due date, like the first thing that goes through your head is, oh my God, this is like, two weeks after the conference and, and like, what am I going to do? And I remember, I remember calling you and I, I was just like, I had all of these nerves and I was so anxious. And the first words out of my mouth were, don't worry, I can still come to April. <laughs> and, <laughs> don't worry, I'll be there. I, told yeah. you. I was like, um, uh, and I, and, and I will validate you because I can imagine the panic that you were feeling at that point of like, uh, I, this person is this is the person who is speaking you're coordinating all the speakers you're doing yeah. all of these things and the first things i think the first thing that you said to me was shut up and, and i think the second shut, thing that shut up are you serious i think the second no, thing I, that I, you said I, was was uh i'm you know I'm, I'm happy for for you and we talked we talked through it um but i but i do i do want to validate you because it is it is really it is really, really hard. And I can only like the, that panic because I've been there when the, the when the team member tells you, oh, I'm, you know, I'm going to go out on maternity leave like 
right when you're someone is taking an extended vacation or it, it never fails. It happens yeah. at the worst and most inconvenient time. And that was how I felt. And like, you were very calm about it. And inwardly, I was like, are you panicking? Because you, oh, can, panic. like, you can panic. I was living in a box in the forest <laughs> when everything panic. fell apart and now. the whole thing was a disaster. And like our company went out of business. Like I was living in, I was mentally living in a box in the forest, but I was like, hey, where are you registered? Uh, <laughs> but, it, but I do, I, you know, I do, I, I think that it is like, um, it's, it's one of those things that as a leader, you're, you're right. It's one of those like thankless jobs because nobody is ever gonna, I shouldn't say nobody. It would Very be a few. rare person yeah. who would acknowledge you for your calmness. I did have, yeah. a, I did have a technician say, you know, you were really calm and I really appreciated that because I really thought that you were going to lose your mind when I told you. <laughs> But yeah. very rarely is somebody going to acknowledge that. But you can you can make the difference for someone and you can create that safety. Oh, yeah. And I and I will tell you, like, that makes all of the difference in the world, because I had a radically different experience with you as my boss, as I did with my uh, with my uh, owners at the pra at the practice, and so I think that it's really uh, important to remember. Like this is this is hard. It is hard. It's never going to get easier, um, but it is it is a thing that you're going to have to deal with well, for I, sure. It's it's funny. I um, there's all these things that happen when people sort of say, you know, hey, I'm gonna, I'm going to go. I'm pregnant. I'm going to go to maternity, or, or I'm going to be out on maternity, or whatever. It's funny how many people immediately go to, well, why did you choose this time? Right. Like, you know, what I mean? and it's funny. It's like, I, I get it. And again, I think that's a panic response. I think it's a panic response. And, but it's, I, to me, it's hilarious. It's like they signed up for a class. It's like, it's not the same thing. It's not like, hey, it looked like a good spot in the calendar. So I thought I would right. just make a human right here. You know, like August is a good time to make a person. I'll just, like, and again, but it's it's about it's about trying to give grace and empathize to the people who are receiving this. And again, uh, anyway, so but okay, so so here's I'm gonna push this really hard here in headspace because here it goes. Okay, um, it is your people are going to reproduce. They are, yeah. and uh, it's going to happen. And so you're going to deal with it one way or another. The way that you show up, yes, you have complete control on how you show up. It doesn't yes. mean it's easy. It doesn't mean you, it requires strength, yes. emotional strength uh, and fortitude to, to, to say, I'm putting, I'm going to put this news and what it means to me away and just be here and present for this person. And I'll figure this stuff out later on. And I, it is much harder to say than it is to do. And you do have control about how you show up for that person. No yes. matter, no matter what this, this will pass, you know, it will. You know, yes. you will, you will get through it. You will, uh, the, the business will figure it out and you have the potential here. And so I'm going to get a little bit romantic here, but I do think this is important for headspace and philosophy. You have the potential to be the boss who shows up for someone when they're having a child. Yes. You have the ability to be the good story about I was working for this practice when I did this and I went through it and they were there for me. It's like, you know, we tell our people all the time that we care about them. We tell them that we want to be, we want to be happy. I, I don't, I'm not saying this is corporate policy, but I want to be a part of the lives of the people who work for me in a good way. I want to have a positive impact on their life. It's yeah. not just about seeing pets. It's not just about putting on conferences. Like I want the people to work for me 
to be positively experienced in their life by their time with me and and with our with our company. I do. And this is my chance to do it. It's my chance to put my money where my mouth is and yeah. say, I told you that I wanted you to be happy and I cared about you as a person. And I do. And so this is where I step up and I freaking figure it out. And I'm not going to let you shoulder that stress. Like I am not going to do it. And for me, it's, it's, it's a core values thing. It's a philosophy thing. It's a being the light you want to see in the world thing. And again, but I wanted to start by honoring the emotional experience of the people. When you receive this, it's not convenient. It, it is. No. It, it shakes you. <laughs> but you, the two things that you should think are, this too, this too shall pass. We will figure it out. And now I get to be the person that I would want to have, that I would want to work for. And then you can make that happen. And I just, I think it's, you may not receive praise for it. Um, I, you know, we have a... Um, we have a mutual friend, Dr. Bruce Frankie, and I just, I love him, but he's told me stories before of working with people and, and, you know, and he, he's such a generous giving person. He is, mm-hmm. he is, he is a boss that I aspire to be. Like, I yeah. want to be like Bruce. Yeah. Um, I, I try, like he is someone I look up. I look <laughs> when up we, when we grow up, we would like when to be like I Bruce. I want to grow up to be like <laughs> Bruce. That's what I want. And because he's, he's just, he's a wonderful person. And he has told stories of having, you know, veterinaries. He he's, he is he's, he told me a story one time about about letting a, a doctor go. They had a significant disagreement, and like ten years later, they came back and they were like, "Hey, you really treated me very fairly." And I just didn't understand that at the time, and I'm sorry. And I'm like, "Oh man!" And yeah. I was just, I love that story because there are people out there who see what you do for them. There are people out there who, who get it. Maybe it takes 10 years before they uh, acknowledge it or see it. Maybe they never do. A lot of people probably do, but they just, they're shy or they don't know what to sure. say about it or whatever. But like, you you have to put that aside and say, I don't know this person will ever, they may never say thank you, but I don't care because I'm not doing it for them to say thank you. I'm doing it because of who I am as a person and who I want to be as a person. And this is yeah. my chance to to prove it, you know, to step up and to do the thing. And so anyway, I think that from a headspace standpoint, to me, that's the best advice that I have. And so anyway. Yeah, I think I think the the last thing for me from a headspace perspective is um, recognizing that your first instinct for most of us as leaders is going to be to grasp for any sense of control that we can. And that usually means our brains running a million miles a minute, trying to get answers to all of these questions. And I think that it's really important from a headspace perspective to realize that no matter what it is, whether someone's pregnant, they're getting married, they're, you know, having, dealing with, uh, you know, uh, illness. This is where it gets murky. And you yeah. cannot go at them asking them to have a crystal ball and have all these answers for you because they might have some, you know, especially like if somebody's getting married, they might be able to tell you when they're going to take their honeymoon and how long they want to be gone right. for. But they may have no idea because they may yeah. have just gotten engaged and they're telling you because they're excited. Right. And sure. so our first instinct is to go into control mode and yeah. want to ask all these questions and have all these answers. And I think it's really important th- to remember that this is where it gets murky. And there is no control from here here on out. Like we we can mm-hmm. ask the questions and we can support them in trying to give the answers and recognizing that we can't uh, 
again, we have to control our emotions because it does far more damage if we get angry or frustrated or, you know, show that to the team versus creating a space where it's okay to not have all the answers. Yep. You know, exactly. And 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 letting them know that it you're you're still here, you're still supporting them. And so I think um recognizing that it's gonna get murky and they may not have all the answers and it's not fair to ask them to crystal ball it, you know, sure. I, I okay. think is really important. I think it's super important. So let me let me hit, uh, hit on this just real quick too, because you're exactly right. Um, the truth is, okay, it, I guess headspace here. One one last maybe this is action steps. I think in this case you have to let go of control. And that's really hard for people. But the truth is, there is no clarity. It doesn't It doesn't matter. And again, I have known people, young yes. parents, who yes. are like, here's the schedule. And I'm mm-hmm. like, ha, 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 ha. Yes. From, from your lips to God's <laughs> ear, that's the schedule, you know? Yes. Like, you just don't know. Yes. I mean, we had we had an easy baby. And we had a not easy baby who had yes. thrush and did not sleep at all. And like I was, I was a different person, you know, in yes. those in those times. And but you just don't know. And then you've got, I mean, anyway, who who knows what's going to happen? Yes. You could have you could have a preemie that requires extra care, and like you just you cannot know. And I yes. understand people desperately; they want control, they want to plan, they want to make adjustments. And again, this goes into it's real simple. Uh, you don't have that control. You're going to have to wait and see how this goes. You just yes. are. And even emotionally, you don't know how parents are going to feel. And I see a lot of people are like, oh, well, when are you going to come back? Or are you going to be right back? Or are you not going to be right back? And I think yes. a lot of people are like, I don't know what I have no idea what this is going to be. Yeah. And so anyway, I, I know that that's hard to hear, but it really is just true. And a lot of times you're pushing for clarity that does not exist. And if you push too hard, you're just going to end up with resentment or you're going to end up, you know, getting people to commit things they can't deliver on. And then they yes. feel bad and you feel bad and everybody's angry. And it was like, none of this was ever in your control anyway. You were kidding yeah. yourself. But yeah. Was, and it was, it was, um, it's so great. I think that's a great segue into the action steps because that was actually one of the questions that our writer asked us was like, and they asked it from such a great perspective because they said, how do you deal with it when somebody says they're going to come back, but then they want to come back part-time or like minimally or not at all. And they framed it with, I know that that happens. Like I recognize that that happens. And how, how do I, how do I handle it? Um, And because I want to support them, but also that's really inconvenient, you know? So, so I think, I think you're, you're spot on with that. And in terms of, um, in terms of, again, it's one of those things we can't control. Yeah. Well, these, these are such excellent questions. They got four questions here. I think we should just take a break and then we should come back. And I think we should answer their questions rather than sort of laying out general maternity policy, except maybe for one caveat. I'm going to lay down one ground rule at the very beginning and then we'll answer. All right, let's do it. Let's take a break. Did you know that we offer workshops for our Uncharted members and for our non-members? So if you're listening to today's podcast and you are not a member of Uncharted yet, you should be. But this is not a conversation about joining Uncharted. This is a conversation about all of the amazing content that we have coming at all of you, whether or not you're a member through our workshop series. You should head over to the website at unchartedvet.com forward slash events and check out what is coming. We have got an amazing lineup on 
the regular. We've got something every month, sometimes two or three things in a month coming at you um, to expand your brain, to talk about leadership, to talk about practice management, and dive into the kind of topics that Andy and I talk about on the podcast every week. So now's your chance. Stop what you're doing. Pick up your cell phone. I know it's not far from you. And type in unchartedvet.com forward slash events see what's coming and sign up. They are always free to our Uncharted members and they have a small fee attached to them. If you are not currently a member, you can get all of the details, pricing, dates, times, and register. Head over to the website now. I want to see you there. All right. So uh, I want to do these questions, but I just want to say real quick up front, the right time to create a maternity policy is not when someone tells you that they're pregnant. That's a terrible (laughs) time to create policy. You don't want to be creating policy when someone has just given you this news. It looks bad. It feels bad. People take it personally. It's just, it's not good. There will be crying. (laughs) Yeah. And you're like, I don't know. Let's make this rule. it's It's bad. It's bad. So if you don't have this problem and you don't have a maternity policy, get one now. Get, get it. You get your employment lawyer, figure out what's legal in your state. What are the norms? Try to come out. And I think this is important too. When people make policy staring down a problem that makes them afraid, they have a tendency to make a not fair policy to their employees. They end up making policies that are unpopular because they are driven by fear and not a wide-eyed idea of what's happening. And so anyway, my advice is figure out what your policy is going to be when you're not in it so that you can be unemotional and you can really think about it and then do your research to make sure that you're following your state regulations and uh, yeah, and that you're proud of kind of the policy that you have. And so anyway, that's, that's my one caveat here before we start answering questions. Look at you stealing my thunder about, uh-huh. <laughs> about making sure that you're checking the boxes legally. I'm super yeah. proud of you. No, well, I mean, thank you. <laughs> thank you very much. Okay. It was, a, <laughs> it was a what would Goss do moment. I was like, what would Goss do? Oh, she would. Put, and, it was, and then she would put it in her handbook. Yeah. She would come up with a policy and she would put it in her handbook. WWGD. Okay. <laughs> okay. So question number one was, we are yeah. a smaller team. So we have a lean staff. Um, yeah. We don't have extra hands. So they were asking, we, we're going to have to hire if we have multiple people who are going to be out at the same time, right? Like yeah. that's that's a reality. And I think I would say absolutely, because uh, this is where you and I get into the team can work shorthanded for a day, a week. Mm. When we're talking about we're talking about pregnancy and maternity leave for all of the reasons you mentioned, because you have no control and you don't know what's going to happen. You can have a person who comes in and tells you, you know, that I was so excited and so happy. And I was like, no, I'm going to work, you know, like I want to keep working and I love my job and blah, blah, blah. Uh, I had hyperemesis with all of my pregnancies and I was put on bed rest like within the first four weeks after I uh, had found out that I was pregnant with my oldest. And so I was on bed rest until my last trimester. That was not something that I thought was going to happen or Mm -hmm. could control. And so I think it's really important to recognize like you don't know what's going to happen. And so we're talking about at least nine, you know, well, if you're finding out right at the beginning, nine months plus maternity leave, which is another, you know, couple of weeks to months, depending on people's um, desires and and needs. And so this is not a, 
we can manage it for a couple of weeks, especially if you have multiple people and multiple timing. Like you're, you have to look at this like a, yeah. like a longer term process. It, it, so I say, I, th- I think you're right. It depends. Uh, it, it depends. Um, I, so, so my, and again, I'm, I'm maybe a bit more wary about hiring people than you are. Um, but that's just kind of how we are. Um, <laughs> as a person who has to pay people when we hire them, I'm like, no, 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 let's, let's, like, let's slow down here for a second. Uh, let's slow down here for a So it, it's a, it's a, it depends. It depends right on, is this one person that we're talking about? Or is this really a series of people that we're going, okay, yes. we're going to be in this. This is going to be an extended thing. Then, you know, I would, I would move quicker. The other yes. thing is, I think you and I also agree with this, and a lot of it is, is in the details, but you and I also agree that generally best practices is uh, we don't like to be staffed perfectly. Correct. You want to have extra capacity because people are always going to get sick. They're yes. always going, something's yes. going to happen. They're not going to show up. If you are like, bam, we are perfectly staffed, I'd be like, you are understaffed most likely because yes. something <laughs> yeah. is going to happen. And yes. so I think if, if, we, if we've got staffing right, and again, it, it is, we are where we are. It's no shame. But like, ideally, we like to just kind of live with a little bit of extra capacity. So if somebody's out, it's not the end of the world. And so if yes. you've got one person going out and you're staffed a little bit above capacity, you know, then what I would say is, all right, great. We got a little bit of wiggle room here. My first step, I think, would be to kind of audit our workflows and kind of be like, all right, what are we doing here? Are there things that we could, are there things that we could do differently? Are there, you know, are there, are there services that we could alter? Are there things that we could sort of take away? Could we, I don't know, could we, could we, could we, I don't know, tone down our boarding for a little bit and like maybe not run at full capacity boarding and pull people over. Like, I don't know, just, just right. think yeah, there's- Sure, like, absolutely. Are there internal the solutions? Yep. Exactly. Are there yep. internal solutions, things like that? And I would kind of process that. It's not wrong to ask the team. It's not wrong to go to them and sort of be like, hey, we're looking at this. This is where we're going. I don't want you guys to be short staffed. Gut check. How do you guys feel? Gut check. How do you guys yeah. feel? And again, a lot of people, it, it depends on your team, depends on your relationship, the trust that you have, how big your staff is. But I'm telling you, if you can have those conversations with your team and just say, gut check, what are you guys feeling? I'm not committing anything, but I want to know where your heads are. If they're like, we're dying, we're overwhelmed. You say, okay, great. I can count on you guys to help me hire, correct? And then I'm going to start saying, if you have a friend, like let's do some referral uh, hiring. Let's let's start to look at those things. But I can recruit them into helping me bring someone in. I can recruit them into onboarding. I, I can I can try to leverage my team because they had a voice in this process. And if they go, nope, we don't want anybody, and I think that we really need somebody, I may still I may still hire. I still move forward. But at least you know I I've kind of explored where their heads are. Uh, you know, all of these things they might impact my my thinking. And so. Those are kind of things. I don't know that it's a heck yes, you've got to hire. I think you should you should run a quick audit, see where you are with your workload, uh, see where you are as far as, you know, can we flex over, maybe do a gut check with a team and say, hey, you guys, are, are you on board with this? And then I really do think getting your team involved, uh, that's a great way to hire, you know, yeah. is to have people who say, I have a friend who could come in, they're looking for a job, or I think they'd be really good. And it's funny how you can you can get the buy-in from the team and they can help you recruit and they can help you fill that spot. And so that's I think that's how I would sort of play it. Yes. And I I would agree with you. I think it's smart to look internally and see what you can shift. And in this case, uh this was this owner did a great job of going through the audit and they yeah. have they have like half their team who, yeah. who is pregnant yeah. or, or is trying to get pregnant. And so in that case, yes, absolutely. Hire, yeah. hire someone else because this is not going to be a short-term fix, yeah. which leads to their next question, which is a great one, um, which is, okay, 
What do we do with the new team members if what when everybody comes back? And I think this is where remembering the last bit of headspace, this is the crystal ball land and it's murky and who knows. So if everything goes perfectly according to plan and everybody comes back when they say that they are, then you might have to face the fact that you are a little bit overstaffed. And what I would say, and their concern was, when we have extra people, that's when we maybe get a little less efficient and there's a little bit more, you know, hanging out and standing around. And, and I totally, I totally get that as a, as an, as an owner and as a, as a, as an owner and as a leader, I get that concern. And I think it's really, really important to remember life happens. And I am, this is where I go back to my answer for number one, which is I have, almost never been able to say that I was truly overstaffed because something always happens. Someone decides to go to tech school. Someone decides to get married. Someone wants to take a four-week vacation to ride their bike from San Diego to Florida. Whatever it is, it happens. And so I am a big advocate for hiring smart. And so I think, do you need to replace every single person on your team who's going on maternity leave? Probably not. But do you need to get some extra staff to help get you through the season? Absolutely. And I think it's the answer to number two falls in finding that balance, that sweet spot between being able to absorb it and grow when they come back. Yes, I I completely agree. Yeah, I didn't I didn't think to clarify that. Yeah, I would not one for one replacement. Like that's You know, that people people are going out on maternity. Well, then let's hire someone. Right continuously to replace that. Now, how many people do we need knowing that we've got this ebb and flow, knowing that we're going to get spread thin, um, you are not going to be comfortable. Like there, you are going to be uncomfortable. That's okay. Mm -hmm. Like a lot of life is being uncomfortable. Get used to it. Um, Mm -hmm. And so that's it. What I would say is look ahead, see how much, what what are we talking? If you're talking about, this is going to be a hard two months, let's hire somebody. I'm like, I don't know. I would, I'd suck it up for two months. Um, but I'm assuming things aren't really bad, but, um, if you're talking about, you know, we, we've got this, it's going, it's going to be the better part of a year, I would say hire someone. And then they say, okay, but then when everything is back, what do I do? And I would say the world will be different in nine. It will, it will be different. Cross that bridge when you get to it. (laughs) You have exactly right. You have no idea what you're going to be looking at. Yeah. Do not. I would not worry too much about this. Um, I, I, yeah, I would not worry too much about this. The worst case is you're going to carry this person for a year and then you're going to say, hey, you know, we're, we're overstaffed. We're going to need to move you to another position or find another seat in the bus or we're not going to be able to, we're going to have to downsize. And again, but that, I, I just can't, I can't remember the last time that happened. It's, it's something always happens. Somebody moves away. They, you know, they leave, they just leave. I mm-hmm. mean, just something yeah. always happens. Don't sweat too much about a year from now, nine months from now, what am I going to do? I was like, nah, the world will be a different place in nine months. You gotta, you're gotta, you going to have to get there and then see what you're looking at. I just, yes. I agree with you completely. Yes. So their third question was the question about how do you prepare when they when somebody says, I'm going to come back full time and then they change their mind, whether they, it's, they only want to come back part time or they are not going to come back at all. Um, and so their question was about how do I, how do I kind of, what are some of the signs that that might be the case? And I think um, the hard answer is 
there are none. You don't know. And and here's why, because as a, as, as a human who went, went through this and be like, I, I was sure that this was my plan. I was like, nope. Mm -hmm. I, I, when I had my first, I was all in and I was like, I want to stay home. I want to, you know, experience it. And let me tell you by the third week after I had my daughter, I was literally going to target every other day just to have adult conversation with the person at the checkout stand. Like I was miserable as a stay-at-home mom. I love my kids, but I need people. (laughs) I need need a conversation and I missed working. And so I was sure, and I had told them and I, my my boss was so excited when I called and said, Hey, can I come, can I go back sooner than planned? Um, And most of the time for us as leaders, unfortunately, it's the other way around where someone Mm -hmm. says, I'm going to come back and then they change their mind and they want to stay at home more. And so I think the thing to remember is that there are no signs. The best thing that you can do to survive this is have great communication. And so the way that I set it up with my team is I just say, you're not going to know. And I tell my team, thank you for telling me that you want to come back full time. And Mm -hmm. I am not going to hold you to that because you're not going to know until you get to that bridge. So keep communicating with me. Keep, you know, we'll keep the the doors open. We'll set up some regular touch spaces. I want to see how you're doing, how the baby's doing. And we'll plan when we get closer to that point. Because especially if you just found out you're pregnant, you're not going to know what is going to happen after the baby gets here. They have they have yeah. no idea. And yeah. so I, I approach it from the perspective of let's keep the lines of communication open, set up some regular checkpoints. You're not asking them to work while they're on maternity leave, but let me know how you're doing. It could be a text. It yeah. could be an email and just keep the communication ongoing. And as leader, that's something you have to stay on top of because it's really easy to just be like, oh yeah, they told me they were coming back. And then yeah. it's a week before they're going to come back. And now you're getting the email that's like, oh, I've changed my mind. And that's when we go into panic mode. Yeah. So I, um, I agree with this. I, the thing that this feels like to me is the question that we get a lot about investing into people in training and then having them leave. Yes. And it's like, what do you do if you invest into people and then they leave? And you and I have talked about this before. I've got an article I really like. It's called Fare Thee Truly Well. It's, it's something I'm, I'm, I'm proud of. Uh, it was, um, it was, it was, I think it was inspired by, by Bruce Frankie, who we were talking about and sort of conversations <laughs> I had with him. If I remember correctly, it's been, it's, it's at least a year old, but, um, but the basic idea is, you know, people say, well, I invest in these people and then they leave. And, and my thought is, when we grow people, when we develop people, when we work with people, we should do what we're going to do for them because we want to do it, yep. not because of some idea we have about what they're going to do for us in the future. Right. And I see that as a root of a lot of pain and resentment and unhappiness yes. is they're like, well, I did this, but I thought she was going to stay for another year. And I'm like, you, you don't know. And she doesn't know. You yes. should do it because you want to do it. And that's what you want to do. And you want to be that type of a boss or you want to provide this experience yep. or don't do it, but don't do it with hidden strings attached about what they're going to do or how they're going to behave in the future, because that's not fair and it just never works. And so just do it the way you want to do it. And so if you buy into that, and the same thing is true here, where I go, you know, we provided this experience, we provided this environment because I want you to be here and I want you to be happy, not because I want you to pledge to come back or behave in a certain way, right? you know, after after you got from maternity. I just, I, I don't think you can ask people that and you shouldn't be, you shouldn't take it personally if they are behaving, if they, if they decide to, to be gone, it's just, mm-hmm. it's a choice the individual person makes. My wife was the exact same boat as you. Uh, she, she 
geared way down on work uh, for the first year of our first child. And she was like, I, I got to get out of here. I, yeah. I got like, yes. I, I got to get out of here. Um, and, and, and that was it. But, but people are, people are different. And so yes. I, I think part of it is just, again, it's that I think we're sounding like a broken record in a way. It's like, you don't, you don't have this control. Yeah. I think the best piece of advice I can give is one to say, you don't know, you're, you're not going to know. Don't drive yourself crazy trying to read the tea leaves or guess what someone is thinking. I would take it back to like dating advice, relationship advice. And it's funny, a lot of times we end up talking about dating. It's because relationships are relationships. Yep. Um, the number one way to get someone to want to be with you is not to follow them around and ask them, do you want to be with me? Are you still right. going to be with me? Are you going to be with me in the future? <laughs> what, what do I need to do to make sure that you're still with me? Um, it, it's not. It's to yes. be freaking awesome. It's yeah. to be awesome. It's to yeah. be good to be around. It's to care about them. It's to do your own thing. Take care of, handle your own business. And uh, just be a generally good person to be around. And if you do that, I think that's your best chance of getting yeah. someone to say, I want to continue to be around you. And, and that's yep. just the same thing. But you still can't, you cannot take this as, oh man, Andy said I should be awesome. And I clearly wasn't awesome enough because this mother or this father decides he wants to stay home with his kid more than he was, you know, than, than he thought he would. That's not about you, my friend. That's about mm -hmm. them. And, mm -hmm. you, you know, all you can do is what you can do. And then you kind of have to go on with the cards that you were dealt. It's just the same thing as we sort of said in the question before. It's like, you just you can't know. You're going to have to get there and see what it is when you get there. I, yes. I um, I've got this idea. I think I'm gonna I'm gonna write it up because I've been thinking about it a lot. And um, it, it, so let me bounce this off of you and see what you think. Okay. So I was taught and grew up with this mentality that a problem was a puzzle that I could attack and solve. Right. That's what it is. Okay. Sure. Right? As I have gotten older. And I have seen more of the world. I believe that some problems can be attacked and solved as puzzles, and others have to be dissolved, meaning they have to sit. They have to sit, and you have to sit with them. And over time, oftentimes, these puzzles will start to come apart. And, you know, and you will you will get some insight into kind of how to approach them. And then one day, the problem will just come apart in your hands and you'll go, oh, that's why didn't I think of that a year ago? And the truth is because you didn't, you didn't have the clarity a year ago. It was not a puzzle you could solve a year ago. You had to dissolve this one. And a lot of the questions about what do we do if and when they come back, those are problems that have to be dissolved, which means you're just going to have to sit with them. And that's not failure. I think a lot of people are like, how do I solve this puzzle? I can't solve this puzzle. I'm failing. And I'm like, you're not failing. That's just a puzzle that can't be solved. It has to be dissolved. Well, yeah, I think I think there's something to that for sure. And I think that this is a great example of one of those ones where time, times, and it and it sucks that that's the answer, but you got to sit with it because who who knows what what's going to happen. No. You you can't read the tea leaves. And so I think there the last question was, you know, how do we, which is a great one, uh, which is how do we prepare for all of the extra sick days and last minute call outs that inevitably come from team members who have uh, small, young children? And uh, I think it's a great question. And <laughs> see, see the answer 
to number one, which was we need to hire more staff. And this is another reason exactly why, because it's not just the pregnancy. It is the maternity leave afterwards. And then it is as a, as a parent like you who went, I have, I, I had horrible infants. Again, I love my children with all my heart. They <laughs> were horrible infants. They both had some health challenges and they both had severe ear infections. Mm. And I was out constantly as much as I wanted to be at work that I, in order to support me being at work, they had to go to daycare. So what yeah. happens when they go to daycare? They become Petri dishes. The yeah. good news was, and I, rem- I, I vividly re- remember it, and I just was so appreciative of our pediatrician who said to me, Stephanie, this is a season. And he was just like the really mm-hmm. important thing. He's like, I want you to just hold this in your head. When they get to grade school, they will never miss school being sick because you're getting it all out of the, the way now. And I, in the moment, could not hold that. But then when they got to school and all of their friends were constantly getting sick and they never got sick and they still never get sick, I was like, hell yeah, he was totally right. <laughs> <laughs> and it is and it is true, but it's a season. And so I think as an employer, recognizing that the pre- you, you focus on the pregnancy and you're like, oh, this is nine months, we can get through this and then everything is going to go back to normal. Everything doesn't go back to normal. Life happens. <laughs> I, I think it's funny. It's funny. You went back to question one. I'm going back to question two, which oh. is what do we what do we do with this person that we hire when everybody's back? And then question four is everybody's going to be sick all the time. Right. Like, ah, yeah, yeah, that's what good, I mean. <laughs> good thing. Yes. Good thing we staff. Yes. Good thing we we ticked up our staffing a little bit because we're going to take this. That that's that's my answer. Yes. There is. Yes. You, you know, you're right. It's it's interesting to anticipate these things. Um, it may, who knows, who knows if that's going to happen or not. Um, you have to wait and see. But it is very possible that a year from now, you'll be like, oh, man, everybody's back and we should be overstaffed. But, but life is happening because we have these little people at home and yes. we're not overstaffed. And I was like, you know what? You're going to have to get there and assess it. But that's basically the idea is um, try yes. to, you know, try to be try to be intentional about your capacity, your efficiency and then think about your staffing. And again, I, I would staff on the heavier side and yes. just say, we have to be overstaffed sometimes so that we can handle the other days. Because otherwise, your your option is we are staffed perfectly when everybody's here and then we're miserable all the other times. And as the all other times, like yes. meaning the times that we are not fully <laughs> staffed, as that number clips up, you're yes. going to be miserable more and more. So anyway, yes. it, it, it's, it's got to be there that, that sort of staffing. So you're just yes. not going to be able to, you might be able to run a really tight ship, really lean staffing when everybody is 20 something and no one has kids at home and they're not pregnant right. and, you know, bam. But at some point things change. And, yeah. and I'll tell you, you know, if you had, if you had a staff full of septuagenarians, you would have to staff heavy too because they've got, they're going to have doctor's stuff. appointments. They're going to have doctor's appointments. Yeah. And, you know, it's just, it's just phases of life. Appointments to look at all of the money in their retirement account because they're oh, counting yeah, down the days. Financial planning uh, appointments. Like, you know, like just, you know, oh, people gosh. calling out because they just, just can't get out of bed. <laughs> I, that's, I'm not trying to be anti-substitutionary. It's just, it's just, hey, you know what? Let's just be done. We started it off the rails. We're, we're ended it off the rails. It's, it's and good. It's that's good. why and we're done. We don't have whole practices staffed by people in their 70s and 80s. 
or in their early ages where they're all going to have babies at the same time. Or <laughs> when they're toddlers and they all have ear infections. <laughs> we don't we don't staff toddlers. Okay, that's it. Oh, we're done. That's, that's it. it. Let's be out. <laughs> have a great week, everybody. See everybody. Well, gang, that's a wrap on another episode of the podcast. And as always, this was so fun to dive into the mailbag and answer this question. And I would really love to see more things like this come through the mailbag. If there is something that you would love to have us talk about on the podcast or a question that you are hoping that we might be able to help with, feel free to reach out and send us a message. You can always find the mailbag at the website. The address is unchartedvet.com forward slash mailbag, or you can email us at podcast at unchartedvet.com. Take care, everybody, and have a great week. We'll see you again next time.